Welcome back to Shadows in the Limelight. We have another duo as guests on the show today. Steven and Eric from Love and Theft are our guests. These guys have an album that is coming out tomorrow, if you're listening to this on post day. Friday, July 22nd, Love and Theft are releasing the new album, Better Off, with the title track being the first single and video to follow. These guys took country music by storm in 2011 with their huge hit, Angel Eyes, and have not released a new album since 2015. I had a chance to hear some of the new album, and it is great, great stuff. Links to everything will be in our show notes. Let's let the interview with Love and Theft roll. Gentlemen, welcome to the program. How are you doing? Hello. We're doing great. Thank you for having us. Well, my pleasure, uh, especially with an, with an upcoming release. If if good things come to those who wait, you guys made us wait uh, like almost seven years for an actual album. I know there's been some music released in the last couple of yeah. years, but uh, why so long? What have you guys been up to? Um, we've been up to a lot, actually. You know, the past few years have been uh, interesting for everybody. And right. uh, we finally had some time to really hunker down and, you know, finish a new project and try to figure out some things and find a record label or a label services company that would help us, uh, you know, put it out and market it correctly and do it the right way. You know, we've been on a bunch of different labels over the years. We've had a lot of different managers and, you know, we've always been pushed and pulled in different directions. And I think we just have a better idea at this stage of our career, what it is that we're looking for exactly, what we need how we want to reach our fans. And uh, I think we just put together a good team of people that would allow us to do that. And uh, we've been really patient, I guess, compared to, you know, some of the other decisions that we've made in our career. Uh, We're not in a rush to, you know, you know, throw something out there just to get a product out. We want it to be right. We want it to be something that reflects where we're at, you know, emotionally and relationally. And as a band, you know, we just want, we want to put something out that didn't accurately reflect where we were at. So I think we're finally at a place where we're ready to get something out with the right partners and we're excited for our fans to hear it and we're excited to see what they think. Well, I I'm, was kind of a late bloomer to country music. I'm in my, my mid thirties now, but I, I started to kind of listen to country music about, Oh boy, when I probably 2005 ish is when I got into country music and when I was kind of going through your catalog, I think me along with, Oh, I think I saw the Spotify number was like 75 million streams of Angel Eyes. When, when that single came out and took, I mean, I don't think there's a person that calls themselves a country music fan that when they hear that song, they can't sing along to it. Did your guys' life just change overnight with that tune or, or tell me about yeah, that? Yeah, it was huge for us. We were on Sony Records at the time and we had been doing a radio tour and they were trying to put out a different song called She's Amazing. But every station we went to, when we play Angel Eyes, they would be like, man, this is this is a song. And so we would start begging the label to switch our first single release on, on Sony. And we begged them and begged them. And then we were somewhere in Texas. Where were we? San Antonio, San Antonio Texas. And we got a call. And they said, hey, we're going to switch this first single to Angel Eyes. And like, we just knew... I think we probably high-fived and went out for drinks or something because we were like, we just knew that that was like the best first song to come with on that project. So, and a lot of times labels don't change their mind because they don't want to like admit that they could have been wrong. Um, (laughs) But they did and they went for it and 
worked out really well for us. <laughs> yeah, Josh, what what changed for you like in daily life? Was it better flights? Was it uh, crowds got bigger? All of the above? You know, you go from being coach to the front of the plane or what, what, what happens? <laughs> we still, still save money still, on our flights. Coach. Yeah. Coach. <laughs> um, yeah, but we, it was, yeah, bigger crowds, more awareness of our music. People started listening to some of the, our first record, which we love. And um, yeah, um, you know, you get more money for shows because you have more people come and played a lot of uh, bigger festivals and things. Um, so yeah, it was, it's been huge for us. Well, again, we're talking to 11 Theft, new record coming out tomorrow, better off. We're going to post this on Thursday, uh, the 21st of July. In terms of some changes between what we were talking about with your your early success to, to the next EP that's coming out, you guys produce this yourselves. You don't have to listen to somebody like Sony Music, right, with something like this. It's all up to you. Like, What else changes with making this album? I, don't know, I think there's a little more pressure on us as the artist to deliver a product that's going to stand up to what we've done in the past. And I think that maybe was a little bit of the, you know, coupled with the changes as far as our team goes. I mean, I think we wanted it to be right. So we wrote for it and wrote the best songs that we possibly could. I mean, other than... I don't know where I was going with that. Can you repeat that question? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you just, I just was curious being self-produced. What, what changes? Like oh, yeah, you, you right, mentioned that right. you can, you can do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think when you produce it yourself, when you have complete control, there's one of two things that can happen. I guess you can go the super eclectic and super weird route that the, you know, the A&R people would never let you do before. Or I think in our case, we kind of, took, you know, the advice of different A&R guys over the years. Uh, Steven's sister is an A&R over at Curb Records, and I think she's got great ears. And, you know, we ran the music by more people. We had more people listen to it, more. There were less cooks in the kitchen, but I think we we took criticism and we played it for people, and then we went back and we, you know, massaged some things and re-recorded some things and got it to a place where it does stand up to everything so again yeah you're right you have a lot more creative control but then you also have a lot more responsibility as the artist it's not just a producer and the artists are coming in and saying a couple lines here and there playing a couple parts just to say they played on the record and then Mm -hmm. you know they get something sent to them you know six months later and that's what it is so you know some people are super hands-off and in our case we're very hands-on and producing it ourselves we could be as hands-on as we wanted to be and uh, nobody like you said could tell us no it was really fun to make this record because we made the record while we were writing the song you know like the base of what it's going to sound like so and like you know you're writing the song and eric's making a sick track and you can change things like in that moment and i think that gets a really good vibe out because it it's you're writing the song and recording it right then uh, and that's that was like really fun. I think we'll continue to keep doing it that way. And two things that I read, I want you guys to elaborate a little bit on is one mm-hmm. thing that I read is that you've completely switched up the way you're making music. Is that kind of what you're talking about from that perspective? Or, yeah, that was I mean, pretty much it, it, right? Yeah. I mean, there's the old school way where you go into a studio, everybody tracks at the same time. You play as a full band. I mean, I'm saying old school just because I guess that was the easiest way to do it technologically back then but now with technology the way it is 
I mean, I could be in a hotel room in Boise, Idaho, and with a keyboard and a guitar, make an entire album from start to finish and a microphone. I mean, you really don't need much more than that. So to be able to, you know, pull some things back here and really go focus on the production and the recording of the bass and drums separate from, you know, guitars and the other overdubs sessions, you know, it was, it was good. We've obviously made music that way before, but just, you know, this, this process, there was, like I said, less, less cooks in the kitchen, less, this, less instrumentation, less people giving their opinion on what parts should go where. And I, you know, and oftentimes you try to be diplomatic and you try to hear everybody's opinion when you're in the studio like that, even if they've never even lived with the music, somebody might be adamant about changing something. And they just heard this song for the first time this morning, whereas we've been playing it or working on it for over a year. So yeah, you just have to figure out how to navigate the situation, navigate the players, the other people in the room. And with having know, less we were fortunate. Cooks- with having less cooks in the kitchen, as you say it, does that like change? I mean, are you, like you said, you've listened to this stuff for over a year. Does that mean you want to keep tweaking it? Or is there ever a point where you just <laughs> shove it away and say, this is done? Eric does. He was, I'm like, bro, no, it's fine. It's fine. Don't like feel like you gotta like, I, we, we already love it. But Eric, but Eric's like a, you know, he's a gearhead. He's like, he's super talented on all the instruments. And so like, He'll just maybe smoke a joint and sit in there and just mess with it more and more. <laughs> Until at some point, you have to be like, all right, we're done. We're yeah, finished. There's, there's some things like that. <laughs> I mean, he's right. Like some songs say we recorded one a year ago and then we just recorded the sixth yeah. one or the twelfth one we've worked on, you know, a week ago. Sonically, I, I mean, my ears were different yeah. back then gear i had guitars are different plugins you have are different so you do kind of need to go back to that make sure they sound the sure same yeah you know there's the continuity is there and so i think that's i have a tendency to over tweak things but well it sounds uh, good you try to find a good a good balance and then again when it's when you're not doing it in that environment like we were discussing in a, in a studio session with you know eight players that are just laying it down right there you have the luxury of going back and saying, hmm, maybe this this guitar part doesn't work here. And yeah, it is nice. It, you can move stuff around. And you can obviously do that, you know, in post after the, the band has laid their their stuff down also. It just, it just makes it easier. And I think with where we're at in our career, in our lives, it's easier to make the music this way for us. And it's obviously, it's less expensive as well. So, but it doesn't hurt. Yeah. Eric made the, um, like all the loops and the percussion and all that stuff on the drum tracks. And then we sent it to um, Near Z who's like a legendary drummer and he right. did all the other, all the other drums on it. So that was really cool to have him on the record. I guess in, in, in my line of work, when you, you do that thing over and over and go back and look at it, we call it analysis paralysis. You, you, can, <laughs> you can steal that term if you want. Okay. Um, other thing I read was that you think this is the most authentic music you've ever written not to take any of the authenticity that's a hard word to say authenticity away from what you've done in the past but these songs are they super personal to you how you wrote them i know you guys are are, are obviously co-writers of the the writing all started with you on this ep but it, does that dovetail to the songwriting tell me about the authenticity man i'm not going to get that out of this well, album i think a lot of it helped just because we just it's super authentic because we just made it ourselves and we did it with the songs we wrote and we tried to like, we were writing songs that were like, Oh, this could, we keeping it on the same vibe as that other one. And then they started kind of going together and went, 
Eric's tweaks and production and stuff. It, it all kind of sounds together. We singing some more fun um, melodies that we haven't really done anything close to on any of our other records, which is like really fun. I think we really pushed it on that as far as that goes melodically. So, yeah, I think, I mean, that's my initial thoughts. When we think about duos in country music, there, there are certainly people that stand the, the test of time. I mean, immediately I, I think of someone like Dan and Shay or even Sugarland or something like that, where they've been around a long time. What's the secret to you guys staying together? I mean, I was talking to my wife just this morning about, about talking with you guys and was all excited. We were playing the, some of the new, new stuff. I was curious what she thought of it. And uh, she goes, gosh, that song couldn't have been that long ago. And I said, well, sweet. I think it was 2011. Our eyes just got big. You guys have been at this a while. Like you guys yeah. have been getting along. Like what, what's the secret? Yeah. You still like each other? That's a great question. Yeah. I think the difference is that we just love each other. Our families love each other. We have a common goal for everything that we're trying to do. Um, we're both very different and when it comes to like certain things, but when it comes to musically and sonically, how we sound, we sing together and how we sound live. It's like, it's just, it'd be, you know, we just, it, we just love it. We love hanging out. We have a good time. We love playing golf together. That's, that's our newest hobby over the last few years. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. We just we just really get along really well. Who's the better golfer? Eric, for sure. <laughs> Hands down, for sure. I play a I'm lot getting more better. than Stephen does, so that's probably why. <clears throat> well, I, I will tell you that uh, I carry the name, obviously, David Ledbetter, and about half the time I go through TSA, they always ask if I'm like the world-class golf instructor that's worked with some of the big greats, <laughs> David Ledbetter. He spells his last name differently than me, but I always tell people for 1500 bucks, I'll look at their swing. Uh, <laughs> for, for me, golf is more like just chasing a little white ball around. But um, in terms of going through the last couple of years, I mean, is the last couple of years, the product where you guys were like, Hey, let's put out an EP or was this in the works even before that, or kind of what's the impetus of this record? Um, I think after, um, well, we made a record on curb records. That was yeah. the last record label that we were on. And, uh, we went to put out the first single from that and there was no real, organized push for it there was no real promotion budget nothing and we kind of saw the writing on the wall and we asked you know if we could get out of our deal over there just because they weren't upholding their end of the deal they weren't putting out the music that they said they were going to we've been there for close to three years and nothing had really come out yet as far as the project goes so uh, we spent a lot of time on that, a lot of money on that project, and then we were able to get released and that project stayed over there. So we were going to have something brand new come out, you know, 13 songs back in, uh, I guess it was November of 2019. Yeah. And then, uh, we kind of had to start over because we couldn't take that music with us. Yeah. And luckily, right as we were released, we just started writing like crazy uh, because we recognized that all the stuff that we had just written for that other project, you know, had to stay over there and we weren't <laughs> going to get to put it out. So we just kind of put our heads together and got, you know, put our nose to the grindstone and we just started grinding and writing as often as we could. And, you know, we would build tracks. I would build tracks ahead of time and have, you know, a few different things that we could pick from to write to. And, 
know, sometimes we'd start from scratch. Sometimes it was just a guitar. Sometimes it was a full-blown production. This, there was no real rhyme or reason to any of it. And back to your question about authenticity, I, I don't think we set out to do anything in particular other than record and release an accurate representation of where we're at musically, where we're at emotionally, where we're at in you know our lives we wanted to reflect just you know what's happened over the last three years and we thought you know we could put out something super deep or we could put out something that was really up uplifting and that wasn't deep that just feels good and has a vibe to it and i think that's what we ultimately decided on yeah i mean the six songs are they're more just you know fun you know some love songs some feel good stuff like we didn't want it to you know put you in a dark spot or anything and some of the stuff we've done in the past is you know has a hopeful you know message to it but you know some it, it's not always the most positive so with this we want to just you know put out something that was uplifting and positive high energy and that reflected where we're at musically where our live shows at i hope I think that's what we did some people will hopefully add to their voting summer playlist on you know and all <laughs> Good, good time for some of that. And as I was kind of going through some of the tracks, I, I don't want to do a, a track by track. We won't go that way, but I want to talk a couple because the sound is just a little bit different. Like uh, you can go get this song right now. Uh, if you're listening to this on the 21st versus the 22nd, you can go on Spotify and stream this one, but accidentally on purpose. Talk to me about where that sound comes from. Like that, that's just radically different than what I remember hearing in the past of you guys totally is a lot of it has to do with their track and also we've been writing with more female writers um because their perspective on songs is you know our main demographic is more female whiskey on my breath helped us get a lot more um male audience but um i think so if, if you're writing with a female they can also sing higher most of the time and they come up with different melodies and we're like oh we could sing that that's that's cool we haven't sang anything like that before so if i you know if we can sing something they can sing it's gonna be a little different having a guy sing these really high notes and then also with um eric building tracks around at the same time and getting a girl's perspective i mean most every song except for two was written with uh females so and, and the sound, I, I really like the track. I mean, it's just it's just something that's different. But And then let's move into the, the title track, which is going to be your first single off this new EP, Better mm-hmm. Off. This one you brought in, is it Jared Mullins you brought in on that one? And Chris Stevens, yeah. What's it like working with Jared? Jared is one of my favorite people ever. He's so fun to write with. He's always like, I mean, like, he's he's just a good vibe he's really smart um he also wrote on anyway with us on the record um uh, he's one of my favorite friends in town especially in the songwriting community um i know he's just like one of the most fun people to be in a room with Uh, and he also you know he's like he he, he's an emotional person i think but that makes it the songs better you know i was like so so he's a brilliant lyricist yeah he just has great ideas and he does things with words uh, that a lot of other people don't. He just, his brain goes to a different place than most people. So I think that's one of the cool and rewarding things about writing with him is just anticipating what's going to come out of his mouth. It's always, you know, usually pretty inspiring. And he's a, a great friend and a great writer, also a great golfer. Mm-hmm. Uh- 
I grew up in a town of 2000 people, three stoplights, and both sides of my family were, were family owned businesses. And one of the things that uh, as a kid, I remember is that when it was home time, there wasn't a ton of discussion about business in either case. When you guys have good friends like this, obviously you two have a great relationship. Is there a distinct line there between friends? We're getting down to business now. We're going to go into a right, or is it is it just fun to be in the room and to do one of those rights? At, at any point, does it feel like work, I guess, is the crux of my question. Mm, when, it, when, it's, when it starts to feel like work, we're normally like take a little time off. But songwriting is my favorite thing to do, so it never feels like work to me. Um that's just my personal thoughts on it. So yeah, I my I love writing songs, especially with Eric, because we know that there's a chance it's gonna be oh, there's a chance it's gonna be on our album or one of our songs instead of me or Eric writing separately and having to get the other guy to like it. If we writing it together, we know we both like it because we already were here writing it, you know. So I think our brains are wired, mine and Steven a little bit differently and like I try to look at it as a job and I try to look at it that way. So on the production side of things, like I like to structure my time and I like to have, you know, I'm going to work on this for six hours a day until I get it done or eight hours or 10. So for me, it helps me attain goals differently, I guess, than, than him, but I definitely have to kind of get that, get in that mindset, get into that mindset of, yes, this is work and I need to approach it that way. Or, I'll probably just sit here and smoke joints all day and just make music that doesn't make sense to anybody. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, whatever works for you. Are we planning to take this out on the road or what? what's next? Yeah, absolutely. I think our goal is to put together a little fall tour for this. And, you know, obviously we've been touring on the last record we put out for a really long time now. So to have a whole new project and new collection of songs for us that we can go play live for our fans. Uh, they're also thirsty for new music and new music in the live show as well. So hopefully we can give that to them. And uh, barring any more ridiculous government overreach, we will stay on the road. <laughs> <laughs> that mean, We won't go down the political trail, but are you guys planning <laughs> to go on the road with supporting acts? Are you supporting somebody or what is the plan right now? Well, I think our initial plan is just get this out first and then see how it does and get a, good epk set up for uh reliant or booking agent to set up a fall tour for us and i mean that's so but we don't have anything totally in mind yet as far as a plan is we just know that we are going to put something together for the fall but, but as we, far as your question about other us being on any other tours we aren't aware of any at the moment but it'll probably be mostly our own headlining shows for at least the and, rest of the and that's, that's great. I mean, I, one of the things when you're with a big label, that's one thing people don't know a lot of is a lot of the touring package you see start at the label. And when you guys are doing it yourselves, you have that freedom to kind of do whatever you want to do. Um, but also maybe not have that backing support, but I obviously yeah. you guys have the, the, the record to do it, see what happens when it goes out links to everything we have are in our show notes for the new record from love and theft. Anything you guys want to shamelessly plug as we wrap up today, other than the new album tomorrow? Hey, yeah, go go save, pre-save the album, listen to it, like it, and add it to your playlist and share it with your friends. We'd be very grateful. 
All right. Links to your website are also in the show notes. Gentlemen, I was very excited uh, to get the opportunity to talk to you both. Um, I, I guess you guys came into my life right about when country music did as a whole. So um, way to fly the flag for for country music and Thanks. very excited for the new record. Guys, go out, pre-save it, stream it, buy it, get it any way you can. Support new artists. Um, guys, well done. Thanks, man. Thanks for your time today. Thanks to Eric and Steven for discussing Love and Theft's latest release, Better Off. As they mentioned, go get this record by pre-saving tonight and share on all your social media sites. These are two guys that absolutely deserve continued success. They are so humble and great, and as you heard in the interview, they definitely take their good time with them. Remember, the new album, Better Off by Love and Theft, is out tomorrow. Follow this show on social media just like you plan to do with Love and Theft. We'll be back next time with another great guest.